What's up, everybody, and welcome back to episode 11 of the Game Room Podcast. On today's episode, we're going to cover a couple things. One, the 2019 NACE Rocket League Championship, and two, we have an awesome interview, finally, all figured out, no technical issues, with Dr. Clint Kennedy, who is the Director of Education from Play Versus, so stick around. The Game Room is a production of Lackawanna College, serving students, graduates, and our surrounding communities since 1894. This episode is sponsored by Mountain Dew Amp Game Fuel. Learn more at GameFuel.com. Good morning, Vietnam! This is not a test. This is rock and roll. <laughs> Just kidding. Welcome back to The Game Room, episode 11. I am Teddy. I am not Robin Williams. <laughs> And we're going to start every episode just like we always do with the patch notes. All right, so on today's patch notes, we wanted to cover a big event that recently happened in the Rocket League stage, and that is the 2019 Rocket League NACE Championship for the fall season. Now, uh, Sunday... We DreamHack Atlanta. Yeah, which is a huge event outside oh, yeah. of Rocket League in itself. I mean, there's plenty of, uh, of events going on in DreamHack. It's basically like an eSports festival. Mm-hmm. Um, but two big teams uh, showed up uh, for the 2019 NACE Rocket League Championship, and that was Mizzou and Aquinas. And Mizzou's been dominating this whole time. Yeah, too. Mizzou is kind of stacked. They have three um, grand champs on their team from various seasons. Uh, Aquinas also has a grand champ on their team, but just one. Um, the other two players round out the team nicely, but it, it's hard going up against that much skill, mm-hmm. um, that much chemistry. Um, Mizzou uh, eventually uh, took the win over uh, Aquinas for the championship. They won three games out of one, uh, or I'm sorry, three games out of five. Lost one. Lost one. Uh, Aquinas came back fighting in the second uh, in the second match, and they had uh, a bunch of big saves to kind of keep them in in the fight, um, but. There's a couple players from Mizzou that really showed up. Mm. Uh, Shocks and uh, Blanks with uh, two separate hat tricks in two different games. Um, They had uh, well over a a dozen shots combined, multiple big saves, um, and Mizzou uh, really just put the pedal down. And after after Aquinas fought back in game two, Mm. Mizzou just really just dug in and and came out on top in the championship. And And the fact that Aquinas was able to put up such a good fight, because I think... Uh, we were talking before this, and, and they have two players who are all, who are multi-athletes. Yes, right? one plays uh, Rocket League and hockey, and one plays Rocket League and baseball. Where do they find the time? I know. It's insane. <laughs> Year one, we had a couple kids from the baseball team, a couple kids from wrestling, but like they were hardly there because of their because, yeah. crazy schedules. It's, I mean, But you have these kids not only playing the other sports, but also making it to championships. Two-way student-athletes making it to championships. In Atlanta. In video games. Playing, playing on a grand stage. Thousands yeah. of people watching them. Yeah. That's woo, it's awesome. The dream. And a dream hack. Right. And Aquinas, we've talked about it before, is a first-year program. So they've had a, a lot of very quick building and growing and success mm-hmm. along, along the way. But Good for them. Great yeah. for them. Yeah. Mizzou. Uh, congratulations to Mizzou on winning the 2019 NACE Rocket League Championship. I'm sure we'll see you coming out strong next season. We're coming for you. Yeah. Uh, honestly. I mean, it, we might as well talk about it. Uh, the, our, our Rocket League team, we played in the ECAC, the Eastern Collegiate Athletic Conference, um, their eSports branch. Uh, we were in Group 5, I believe, and mm-hmm. uh, our Rocket League team went undefeated in our group. And we're moving on to playoffs with a five and one record. Uh, last night, or, or um, by the time this is aired, it would have been uh, Monday, eleven eighteen. There you go, talking um, dates there for you. you. Talking dates. Uh, so that's when we played our final match of the season versus Central Methodist University Eagles. Um, tough, 
tough match actually we lost the first match and i was a little nervous because we had quite the the viewership last night which was nice to see mm-hmm. um but first match we lost and um but they rallied of course they did but i sent them a message i was like guys what are you doing where's the spark where's the fire let's go start talking because i saw some i saw some plays that that could have went a lot differently if they mm-hmm. were communicating a little better um but yeah once again lackawanna came out strong in game two put the pedal down and uh Dom actually had a crazy triple touch aerial goal in one of the games. I, I forget. I think he had over seven goals, uh, well over ten shots, over five assists throughout the series. Mm-hmm. Really, really shined last night. So yeah, Lackawanna College moving into playoffs of so the ECAC Rocket League uh, grouping. So look for that. We'll post some some Twitch links for that. Again, congratulations to Mizzou for winning the 2019 uh, NACE Rocket League Championship. So that's going to do it for today's Patch Notes. Stick around for an awesome, jam-packed interview with Dr. Clint Kennedy, who is the uh, Director of Education from Play Versus. If you are looking to get involved with high school or collegiate esports, this guy has all the information. It's a starter kit for how to get involved. So stick around for that interview. It's coming right up. So if you want to play a DreamHack Atlanta, you should watch. There you go. Stick around. It's going to be a great interview. Our stadium may not hold 100,000 people but we still compete with other colleges all over the country. Giant lecture halls? Eh, that's not really for me. I like the laid-back approach. Lackawanna is close to home, with satellite centers located throughout Northeastern and Central PA. Lackawanna College, helping me help you. The choice is yours to make. Changing how I learn. Changing where I learn. Changing my life. All right, and welcome back to the game room. We now have a special guest interview. His name is Dr. Clint Kennedy, and he is a director of education from Play Versus. Obviously, we work in collegiate esports. I know a little bit about what you do and what Play Versus does. So, why don't you tell us a little bit about Play Versus and your role within the company? Sure. Well, thank you for the opportunity to uh, to speak to you all. Uh, uh, so, I uh, I have been working with Play Versus for about eight months now. A little bit about Play Versus. We are headquartered in Santa Monica, California, and we work with uh, the NFHS, which is the National Federation of High School State Associations, kind of the NCAA, if you will, uh, for high school sports around the country. Uh, and we we do two things. We are a, a software developer in that we build an esports platform. Uh, and number two, our main product is that we provide leagues in conjunction with state athletic association and state activity associations around the country to provide esports for high school students um, based within their schools. So they are competing for their their school, uh, working ultimately, hopefully, for a state championship, and in some cases, even earning varsity letters. So we think it's obviously esports is a is a wonderful space that students across the country have been signaling that they want to be part of. Uh, and we're trying to help build that, that infrastructure with our partners, both the NFHS, the uh, state associations, individual schools kind of on one end, along with our game publishers who are our partners as well, Riot Games, Psionics, now Epic, uh, as well as Hi-Rez uh, to, to provide some of these games for students uh, to compete in a structured way in their schools. Yeah, I think that's really cool, too, because I've traveled to a bunch of high schools and I've uh, started to help set up some clubs in in surrounding schools in our areas. And one thing that I've been really interested to see is um, have have there been any uh, pathways that you've seen started from the high school level leading up to the collegiate level, even further into amateurism or professionalism? My role as director of education is really to help connect 
both play versus what we're doing with those state associations because of my background in working in public and private schools for 20 years. Um, and also, uh, being a former esports coach, uh, I play a role to connect both play versus to those state associations and individual schools and also working with colleges and universities around the country, much like yours, um, to help really understand the industry and, and, and eventually build a pipeline where we're going from middle school to high school to college to amateur and potentially professional ranks, all building opportunities for, for students to compete, but also to be part of this larger esports ecosystem. That's awesome. I mean, you have like such a unique perspective because you get to travel so much and see exactly what all these high schools are doing. As you've been traveling and, and witnessing the growth of esports, especially within high schools, how have the different high schools been kind of approaching this in different ways? Sure, it's a really good question. And uh, I talk to as many schools, uh, you know, esports coaches, principals, and specifically students as often as I can. First question I always get is, do you support Game X? Uh, and, and most of the time I can make those students happy, but often I do disappoint simply because we're at the high school level. We're playing E for Everyone and T for Teen games. We're not taking on any of the M for Mature titles right now. But specifically to your question, the second question that I get is, I love esports. I'm good, maybe not, don't see myself as this, this, this high-level competitive player but this is the community I want to be part of and grow in. This is what I'd like to build my career around. What are the next steps for me? Or what is even a foothold that I can get on, get to, to do that? So the, the supply, the, the demand is out there. I get concerned about the supply side because there are some, some really interesting efforts, uh, again, like your, your, like your college and others that are developing esports management programs, uh, typically to augment some of the competitive teams that colleges and universities are putting together, but it's not at scale yet. Um, and so there, there's some blockers that we're dealing with right there. And then two, there's some blockers, just overall acceptance in the larger community. Yes, video games in general is a larger industry than, than I believe Hollywood and the music industry combined, but that doesn't necessarily reflect the conventional wisdom that's out there as counselors, as parents, as others are guiding some of these younger students uh, when they start expressing what they want to do. Um, my, my, my advice to them uh, may not be perfect, but at least it's a start, is if your school doesn't have an eSports team or club, go find an advisor and find out what you need to do with the school to start it. Um, embrace your community so it's not just competitive players, it's, it's casting it's doing graphic design, it's doing AV work around capturing game footage and breaking it down so that schools can really get good in those film reviews. It's, it's taking a leadership role in, in setting up tournaments or helping communicate the, the experience and educating others. So that is a great way to start, which then builds your community and your network and then we'll help hopefully open some of those doors as we help provide more opportunities for them both at college and in the amateur ranks and certainly in the professional ranks that we're seeing continue to grow here in North America and around the world. Yeah, I mean, that's essentially what we did here. <laughs> that's exactly what um, we did. Just backtracking a little bit on your thoughts. I mean, that's, again, what we're trying to do here as well. Uh, rather than just uh, uh, sculpt and mold these young minds to be successful student athletes, we're also trying to provide them different opportunities. We have students in our program that love graphic design that are Photoshop wizards. We have a couple students standing here now helping monitor the, uh, the audio and video. That's so, who Teddy keeps looking at yeah. off camera. <laughs> Giving them dirty looks. Um, so yeah, again, we're trying to create more than just that, that gamer pathway to be able to give them other 
uh, options as they fall or may fall into the industry. So now have you have you faced any sort of resistance when you go into these high schools? Because obviously it is uh, and you've hinted at it, that it's a fast growing and it's an industry that's creating a lot of opportunities, not just for gamers, but um, even when mentioning just that you don't support the M for Mature games. Is there any other sort of resistance that you face when you go into the, the high schools? Sure. There's there's not one large one that everybody comes in with and, and says, I need you to answer this immediately, but there's there's three or four of them. The first one is typically our esports, real sports. And and I've been fielding that question and having those conversations for five years now. Uh, and I used to to put up the good fight and, and I think I have a really good argument potentially on both sides of that. Uh, Play Versus considers esports a full official sport like any other traditional sport within our schools. That being said, there are a handful of states that we work with that have chosen to list esports as an activity similar to robotics than similar to a traditional sport like football or softball. We're working with athletic groups, uh, state associations. We're working with some that are athletics and activities and some that are just activities. So. So we care less ultimately how it's listed and more about it being an experience and an opportunity for students. That being said, depending on how it's categorized can impact, you know, eligibility and, and other concerns within the school and especially the K-12 culture. So we do take that into consideration. Um, of course, we get things uh, around um, screen time and lack of activity supposedly, um, and violence, nature, and video games. Um, and, and I usually, I, I love to take those head on. There are no questions that we should bury or, or not address and so forth. So as far as violence goes, you know, again, we're only playing E for Everyone and T for Teen games. I personally play a lot of the, the more popular shooters that are, that are rated you know, M for Mature with my 18-year-old son. I love the games. I think they're a very valuable part of our larger esports community. But I'm also interested in building sustainable programs in school, and I'm not interested in standing in front of a state board of education and explaining why you know, PUBG is appropriate for 13-year-olds to be playing in school. Regardless of my personal feelings, I don't think it's an appropriate conversation for us to have at the high school level. So that's that's kind of my take on violence. Also, we do get questions. You know, League of Legends is a is our, our most popular game played across the country. And if you look at certain ratings, it mentions tobacco, alcohol, um, and I don't believe nudity, but some suggested material. Although we had someone mention that, and we and we walk them through. You know, yes, there was one character that used to have uh, bite down on, a, on an old cigar, and that has since been removed. And yes, there's one old English barkeeper that walks around with a beer barrel. Um, but I, we, we talk about those things and we talk about how those are necessarily critical elements to the game. They're not highlighted in the game. Um, and I haven't watched a football game on Sunday lately where I haven't been barraged by some type of light beer commercial. So I want to put that in context. Uh, and certainly there's, there's the, the, there are at times suggestive natures of, of some of the characters, both men and women portrayed, uh, in the game. I usually try to show game footage where this is not an issue, um, different publishers choose to highlight, I'm not speaking of Riot, I'm just talking about in general, choose to highlight some of the characters in certain ways, and we need to take that on. And, and, and certain communities need to be comfortable and understand what it is and what it is not, and then make a decision. Uh, ultimately, I like formal programs with coaches because I think it gives some of the adults who can help guide some young people um, it gives them insight to how often they're playing, how they're playing. It helps address some of the toxicity slash sportsmanship uh, concerns that some people have. So I think bringing this above board in a coached environment helps us have all these conversations that are important questions to ask 
and ultimately get people informed so that they can make better decisions on whether this is a legitimate activity for them, their students, for their community. I mean, you're hitting on everything that I, because I, not only do I coach for the school here, but I'm also a full-time faculty member. So when the esports program was first adopted, I had a lot of those questions asked to me by a lot of my colleagues. All those same points about compelling creativity and critical thinking skills. And just before we started the interview, you overheard my conversation with one of my players about the new Overwatch patch that is coming to the PTR and how that's going to affect the current meta and finding those creative advantages. It's like a giant puzzle. It, it does nothing but just help improve the skills that the, the college or high school environment is already trying to improve. And, and if I may, just, just to piggyback on that, um, we hope those things are happening in high schools, um, especially as of late with the attention that's been brought to these soft skills or 21st century skills that we know students should be graduating from high school with. It's great that they know stuff, and I'm not taking away from the traditional curriculum, right. but if we're not sending them out into the world uh, with some of these new critical skills that industry has addressed, that colleges and universities have told us they want, even the military tells us that they want young people to have experience with, mm -hmm. then we're not helping them self-actualize, and I think we're selling our students short. I think esports is a very explicit way to take something that students have signaled, hey, we are intrinsically motivated to be part of this, and then to be able to have them experience and improve those skills as, as opposed to some other artificial or less interesting way that we, the school leaders, kind of foist upon them. So I think it's it's a great way to guarantee more of these experiences of, of things we know that they should be they should be grappling with, experiencing, failing, trying again, improving. Um, I can't think of a better platform in my 20 years of K-12 education uh, than eSports as the facilitator to do that. Absolutely. Of course. They're skills that can be transposed into another environment. Right. Watch out. You're oh, not going no, to <laughs> So I guess the final two things I want to touch on before we, we cut you loose, we're going to be sending this to a lot of our uh, high school friends in the area to see uh, what information they can gather from you. And, and one thing that I wanted to have you point out, maybe if, if other high schools in our area are interested in getting involved and in, in learning how to get a club or team sanctioned in their school, who should they be reaching out to specifically for Pennsylvania? It, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good question and I get it all the time. So again, just quickly, we, the way that we've chosen to structure ourselves as a company is we, we tried to go to the top sanctioning body, which is the NFHS. The NFHS has 51 members. It's the state uh, athletic and activities associations for every state in the country plus Washington, D.C. Um, so certainly they, there's a couple steps that a student, a teacher, a principal, a superintendent in Pennsylvania could take. One is to go to playverses.com. It's playvs.com. And any student or coach can go and sign up at that site. Uh, it doesn't guarantee all the way competition to a state championship. Uh, but we collect that student information. We do not share it. We do not hand it out. Uh, it's very basic information until we have a verified coach at a school. So a coach or a, a thoughtful adult at a school who wants to help build a program can also go. And then we go through a verification process very quickly. Once we get a coach signed up, we reach out separately to the school. We find out, is this a, 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 an adult in good standing? Does the school want a program and do they want this adult to be part of it? That if we get yeses on all three of those and we only proceed if we get yes on all three of those, then we unlock the coach's account. They can see the students from the school that have signed up or will sign up in the near future. They can they can vet those students, put them into rosters and eventually compete. So 
The other component to that is, to your question directly, is ultimately we would like to be sanctioned by the state association in all 51 members of the NFHS. Uh, right now, Pennsylvania is not. I know that there's been some wonderful conversations. Leadership is very supportive in general, um, but it continues to build within the state of Pennsylvania. Play Versus currently hosts, uh, uh, obviously, leagues for all the games we support in each of the partner states, but we also have uh, time zone leagues where schools in Pennsylvania could compete today uh, in the titles that we support in that time zone league. Now, I think it's a great first step. It's competitive. It's the it's their official experience. Save you're not competing against only other Pennsylvania high schools for a champ- state championship. And ultimately, that is the experience we're hoping that they can have on top of all these other benefits. I'd like to see every high school who wants to start an esports program in Pennsylvania have well-intentioned adults help them do that, uh, have kids take leadership roles in that organization within the school, and then they can go into leagues playing the games they want. And ultimately, if they're successful, like we have in the partnered states now, the students that win the League of Legends state championship in a partnered state are able to raise the same trophy that the football team raises when they win the state championship, the softball team, the wrestling team, the soccer team, what have you. That's the goal. Uh, Again, Pennsylvania has been great to work with. They are not officially sanctioned and partnered yet. They're on the way. But if the community in Pennsylvania can help educate those who are making decisions and help build programs, I think it's a win-win for everyone. I like it a lot. We fully support everything that you're doing. We're going to try and get a lot more high schools in our surrounding area involved with you guys. I've been pushing them your way already. And if there's anything else you would like us to do to help, because we fully support this program, uh, reach out to us. No, thank you again, the opportunity. I really appreciate it. And it's it's schools like yours that are really at the forefront of this movement, especially in the post-secondary education that is so critical for us to be able to point to and suggest to students and show that there is a career pathway and next steps. Uh, and there are some wonderful people doing some really cool things out there in building our community and providing next steps for them. Um, even if we aren't all professionals someday, uh, there are amateur aspects and ways to make a living in doing something they love. And, you know, if, if we're not doing that, then what's the point? All right, and that's going to do it for episode 11 of The Game Room. Huge shout-out and thank you to Dr. Clint Kennedy from Play Versus for putting up with our technical issues, being patient, and essentially re-recording the entire interview. And next week, not going to have a full patch because it is the holiday, it's Black Friday, and you're all going to be standing in the mall at 5.30 in the morning going, why am I doing this? So, look forward to that morning. Um, a, our director, cameraman, editor, Chris Hughes, has been putting together a special little blooper reel, the game room out of context, uh, for you guys. So, look forward to that. I, it's probably going to be our highest rated video. <laughs> yeah. And we'll get us fired, so it's going to be our last video too. Yeah, honestly, I don't know if you realize this, but not all of this is done in one take. So, there is a lot of B-roll footage and blooper footage that I... Absolutely can't wait to see. But we like to have fun here. So, yeah. so. so tune in to that. And from all of us here at The Game Room, I'm Teddy. I'm Rob. And thank, thank you, you for, for playing. playing.
you like what you see at the game room, make sure to smash this like button right here. Hit the subscribe button right here, or check out one of our new videos over here. We'll see you later.